Welcome to Walking in Faith, a weekly podcast dedicated to examining the Bible to help lifelong seekers of the kingdom of God expand their faith and understanding by exploring God's Word. Now let's join Pastor Rob Currington as he shares this week's message. Good morning. Thank you for joining us this Sunday morning and lift up. He will hold me fast with us.
Well, good morning, OVBC family and friends, and thank you for joining us today as we continue our journey through the Gospel of Luke, as we look at Luke chapter 4 and the first two verses, or really verses 1 through 2a, as we talk led into the wilderness. You know, last week we read Luke's narrative of Jesus' baptism, where God the Father confirms the identity of Jesus as the Son of God and Jesus' genealogy that proves that he was the son of David, Abraham, and then Adam. We learn that Jesus, as the Son of God and Son of Man, is able to provide that which God requires from all of us. And as God the Father expresses His pleasure in us, is due to the humble obedience of Jesus Christ. Now today, as we move to chapter 4, Luke records the beginning of Jesus' public ministry that commences with His temptation in the wilderness. So with that, Take your Bibles, look at with me at Luke chapter 4, and let's start with verse 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time, and we thank you for your word, and we thank you for Luke's narrative here. I pray that as we open up your word, that the Spirit would join with us, and Lord, that we may open it with uh, open heart. Father, that we be... Uh, uh, not distracted in what we're doing this morning. And I pray that we would just consider your word and that your spirit would do its work. We praise in Christ's name. Amen. I'm sure that it will not surprise you to learn that we're going to go through this passage fairly slowly. I think there's a lot to get in here. And we want to capture all that the Holy Spirit wants us to learn from Jesus' encounter with Satan. Though it is a familiar and famous portion of scripture, we want to make sure that we can take the time to understand all that is happening in this event. Now, in the first sentence of chapter 4, Luke gives us three facts. One, Jesus is empowered by the Holy Spirit after his baptism. The second is Jesus is led into the wilderness by the Spirit. And thirdly, Jesus is tempted for 40 days by the devil. So we must remember it's 40 days of temptation. And Jesus, now Jesus' temptation is found in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And Mark tells us that it happened immediately after Jesus' baptism. Now, one important fact to keep in mind in considering this temptation is that after his baptism, God the Father had audibly and visibly confirmed Jesus' identity with the words, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased as the Holy Spirit suspended or descended upon Jesus like a dove. Now it would seem that this upcoming temptation serves as more proof that Jesus is the Son of Man. And as the Son of Man, he will have to face temptation as the second Adam. And he succeeds, we will read, in resisting the devil through the power of the Holy Spirit as the Son of God. Jesus continues to provide what God requires, which is perfect obedience. Now, we're not going to go over the temptation themselves this week. We'll delve into that next week. Instead, I want us to take some time to consider the fact that Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit to go into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for those 40 days. To begin, I think it's important for us to go over several words 
in that sentence. So with that, we see that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Full is a abounding in or wholly occupied or completely under the influence. We see this happens at his baptism. The Holy Spirit, of course, is the third person of the Trinity, the one who guides us in all of God's truth and empowers us for Christian service. When it says that he was led, that means to be to bring or to drive to. The wilderness, of course, is just the, the desert. It means remote, solitary. And then we come to the word devil. Mark uses the word Satan. In Luke, he uses the word devil. Now, devil means malicious or slanderous. It's one who is a slanderer. It's a treacherous informer or a traitor. And when we see the word tempted, a test, it's tempted test. That means to examine or to trap. And with that in mind, it becomes strange that we read that Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Deliverer, the Prince, will be led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, God's adversary, the dragon, as part of the Bible's story of redemption. Yet in reading not only Luke's account, but also Matthew's and Mark, we see that this is indeed part of Yahweh's plan. Jesus must willingly submit to temptation and testing in order to fulfill the plan of redemption. Of course, one might object that scripture tells us that God tempts no one and you would be correct. James writes in chapter 1 and verse 13 of his letter that God himself tempts no one. But what we must understand is the whole counsel of God in these matters. And as children of God, we believe and hold to the truth that Yahweh is sovereign over all things, meaning that nothing happens outside of his plan. Even temptations and testings are in his control and part of his plan. This would be a good time to consider that word tempted in scripture. As we heard just a moment ago, the Greek word there that's used in the New Testament for temptation also means tested. In other words, it's translated either tempted or tested uh, when it comes into English, depending upon the context of the, pa of the passage. Again, the word means to trap or to examine or to prove the worth of. Now, the difference between a temptation and a testing in understanding the context of what word is used is found in the motivation and the expectation behind the agent of the circumstance. In other words, many of the circumstances that you and I face in life are both temptations and testings at the same time. So it's one circumstance with two things happening, temptation and testing. And to understand that concept, we need to look at both the purposes of what temptations are and what are testings or trials. So with that, look at with me here as you see it. Temptations are designed by Satan. And they are meant to draw us away from God and to destroy our character. So temptations are designed by Satan to draw us away from God and destroy our character. So in one circumstance, that's what uh, Satan is trying to do. Now in that same circumstance, testings or trials that are designed by God. So testings or trials are designed by God to draw us closer to himself and to build our character. So in that circumstance, God's desire is to draw us closer and to build our character. Whereas Satan will use that same exact circumstance to destroy us and to draw us away from God. So any one circumstance has two different opposite purposes. 
Now, this is clearly seen as this plays out many times in the scriptures. We see this in Genesis chapter 3 when Satan enters into the garden, disguised as a snake, and begins to tempt Eve. This same event was ordained by Yahweh to test the call of obedience to his special creation, to trust him and not eat of the fruit of the tree. We read of it several times with Israel and its many leaders and prophets and priests and king. Israel, too, is led into the wilderness by God in order to test them. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, we read that, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. So raining bread, one circumstance, was to test them to see whether or not they would obey his law or not. But as you also may recall from our studies in Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers over the last few years, Satan winds up tempting them through the same circumstances to cause them to doubt God's provision and deny him the worship that Yahweh rightly deserves. Now, as we read the Old Testament, we question, would the children of Israel pass the test or fail to the temptation? That's what you and I find as we read scripture. And time and time again, we see both failure and victory. The most famous of the testings, uh, testings and temptations circumstance is found in the story of Job. So take your Bibles real quickly and turn to Job chapter 1. It's the book right before Psalms. And in this passage, we get an inside look into the workings of the heavenly court as Satan comes and presents himself to the throne of Yahweh. Now in Job chapter 1, verse 6, we read this. Join with me. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down it. Look at verse 8. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Verse 9. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hand and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Here we learn that God is the one who initiates the events that Job must endure. It is a testing by God that will also involve a temptation from Satan. R.T. France observes that Satan operates despite himself within God's overall sovereignty. What we learn is that both testings and temptations serve the purposes of God. And like Jesus, Yahweh speaks highly of Job, which leads to this cosmic contest to prove if God's approval is appropriate. In both cases, both Jesus and Job did not sin. Pastor John MacArthur writes that God uses satanic temptation to serve his sovereign purposes. So testings and temptations are one circumstance that has two different motivations 
and purposes. Now, this would be a good time to state that temptation itself is not sin. We all face various kinds of temptations in our whole life. It is part of the sanctification process in which the Spirit is working to make us more like Christ. However, we must not be complacent when we face these testings and temptations. James, the elder at the church of Jerusalem and the half-brother of Jesus, warns in James chapter 1, when each, when a, where each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So make no mistake, to fail in the testings, to fall to temptation, to believe and accept the lies of the devil is sin. For the believer, this leads to God's discipline, the breaking of fellowship, as well as the domino effect it will have on our lives and those we love and care for due to many unforeseen consequences that may come our way. One theologian captured, captured it correctly when he remarked that sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you want to pay. One might ask, though, why does God ordain testings and temptations if he knows what the end results may be? If he knows that consequences may come, that sin may find its its root in our heart. What I would join you in that chorus is testings and temptations are not enjoyable at all. I can almost imagine that conversation that Jesus had with Peter on that night uh, that Peter denied Christ. In that conversation, Peter is rebuking Jesus, saying that he would never deny Christ or desert him. Instead, he would go to the death fighting for Christ. But Jesus warns him, Simon, Simon, Behold, Satan has demanded to have you. Listen to that. Satan has demanded to have you that he might shift you like wheat. Again, there's that cosmic contest. Satan is presenting himself before the Father and say, Give me Peter. Give me Peter. Let me shift him. Let me see what he's truly made of. Now at that point, if I were Peter, I would have interjected, But you said no, right? <laughs> but instead, Jesus replies, But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, knowing that he would fail there first, but he would come back, that you may strengthen your brothers. John MacArthur rounds up the whole counsel of God found in Scripture when he answers this question, what is God's purpose as he tests us? What is God's purpose when he tests us? Well, we know that he wants to draw us closer to himself, he wants to build up our character. But how does it do that? How does testings do that? Well, John MacArthur writes, first, it's to test the strength of our faith, that we might know where our strength is or isn't. It's to prove our worth, to prove our confession. Secondly, it's to humble us, lest we think more confidently of our spiritual strength than we should. And that was definitely Peter's mistake. Thirdly, to wean us from the worldly things. Fourthly, to call us to a heavenly hope to that which we live in above and not in the below. And fifthly, it's to reveal what we really love. And sixthly, to teach us to value the blessings of God and to appreciate it as it comes to us out of the times of suffering. 
The seventh reason of temptation or tri- uh, testings and trials into is, is to enable us to help others in their trials. Bear ye one another burdens. Comfort one another with the same comfort that you have. But also to bear one another's burdens. And eighthly, to develop enduring strength for greater usefulness. So that God can thrust us into greater places of ministry and effectiveness. Theologian Walter Leefield agrees with MacArthur that the testings are for our benefit when he writes, God already knows all about us. It's not that God doesn't know our hearts. It doesn't that he doesn't know our strengths. It's not that he doesn't know what our worth is or how strong we are. But he goes on to write, it reveals, testings reveal the thoughts and the intent of our hearts through our response to him in times of trials. So testings, trials, and temptations are meant to expose our own hearts, its true love, and our weaknesses that we may reject all claims to God's throne and embrace his promises and to obey his commandments. But that's to expose it to us, not to him. It exposes to ourselves and to our loved ones and to those that we submit in leadership to. This is what God has brought testings and trials, is to expose our own weaknesses to ourselves. Which leads to the question then of, how then should we respond to testings and temptations? If we know they're going to come, and they're from God, and they're from Satan, thankfully we find this answer is found in Scripture. If it is a temptation from Satan, we need to resist it. If it's from Satan to draw us away, to draw us away from God, to destroy our character, we should resist it. James chapter 4, 7, we are commanded to submit ourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and the promises that he will flee from you. Do not give in to your baser evil desires, but resist, flee, and fight it with all that was within you. When you come and that circumstances come in your life, And as the balance comes, as God is trying to test you and Satan is trying to tempt you, and and if you feel that the the little teeter-totter, so to speak, the seesaw, is moving more towards temptation, then you must resist it. You must fight it. You must flee from it. If it's a testing from God, if the trial and you see that that's coming in, you need to trust God in it. In James chapter 4, verse 8, we are commanded to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You see, God is strengthening you in that circumstance. That is his desire. In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 3, the elder instructs it, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. We must trust, we must uh, uh, rest in God's providence and sovereignty. In James chapter 1, verse 12, continuing in that letter, he says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for which he has stood the test. He will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. God has called us to be resolute, to use that circumstance, that time of testing, to trust in God. Above all, we must be as Jesus, be filled with the Spirit and pray for deliverance. 
the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches us to pray, lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You and I must recognize that all trials and temptation are ordained by God and used for his purposes. One of the things I would encourage you each and every morning and several times throughout the day is pray that prayer, Father, lead me not in temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Strengthen me. Help me to face these circumstances. Let me choose the, the testing, the proving of my metal, of my worth. Let us take this passage to heart, understanding God's purposes in ordaining testings and temptations, that we might follow the scriptures, instructions, and commands. In all things, you and I must trust God. As the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it throughout. I pray that you would see that whatever circumstance that's going on in your life, there are two agents, two purposes. And I pray that you would choose the testing that you may draw closer to God and that he may be able to build your character. I call you this morning to take a moment to pause during this time. Would you consider the words of scripture and what we've said this morning? Would you take a moment in your busy schedule just to pray and ask God for strength? Pray and ask him to expose your heart. In what ways are you believing or persuaded by Satan's lies and slander against the holy name of God? And then would you respond to the Holy Spirit's work in your life as God is trying to strengthen your character and draw you closer to him? Let me ask you this morning, are you undergoing any testings or temptation at this moment in your life? Are those circumstances causing you to draw closer to God or away from him? If so, is there any way that we can be of help? You must understand that you do not need to be in this fight alone. I know it's difficult to be together, but being uh, accountability with someone. Let them know what you're going through. Ask for prayer. Ask for strength. Trust in the good sovereignty and providence of God that this circumstance, this testing, this trial, this trespass, or maybe even the temptation itself is of God and serves his purposes to make you more like his son. Resist the devil, he says, and turn away from all of your evil desires. Let us trust God in this time. I'd like to close with these words found in Romans chapter 5. In verses 1 through 5, we get this wonderful words. Therefore, since we have been justified by God, meaning declared right, we have, been, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that this suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Again, not wishful thinking, but a confident expectation. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Father, we just pray this morning 
that you would help us to see that these trials, these temptations that we are suffering, that we are struggling through are of you. And Father, I pray that you would uh, empower us through your Holy Spirit, that Father, that when we face him, that we may be faithful to you. Help us to resist Satan's lies, to, to recognize his method of operation, and Father, reject all of what he may be trying to pull us away from. And Lord, that you may draw us close to yourself, strengthen our character, and be more like you. We thank you for your word. Prepare us for such things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Until next week, we'll see you. God bless. We hope you have enjoyed this week's message. We encourage you to share it with others. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at info at orangevilla.org. Be sure and join us for next week's message by subscribing to this podcast. To learn more about our ministry, submit prayer requests, or to find ways you can help hear the gospel, visit us online at orangevilla.org. Till next time, we hope the grace and peace of God's love be ever present in your life.